I, I want to tell you something, okay? I, and this is important. So this is something I want to tell you. Uh, and uh, I want to tell you that I love you. And, uh, and I, I love you. And, and I'm so incredibly proud to be the senior pastor of the Griffith First Christian Church. I, I, I'm, I'm so blessed to be uh, your pastor, uh, to be one of the pastors here, to be one of the staff members here at GFCC. I, I feel so blessed uh, to be a part of this family. And I love you. I, I love you guys uh, as a church family. I love you as individuals. I, I love you guys. And I'm so thankful that God called me here. Um, it, just a little bit about me. Um, I wasn't always going to be a pastor. Uh, at one point in my life, I wanted to be an actor. Uh, I studied uh, acting for th three and a half years when I was in college. Uh, and so, um, uh, and now, I, and, and ever since, I've been acting like a pastor. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it was just... You know, God called me into ministry, and I've been doing this uh, next weekend, next Saturday, will be the 22nd anniversary of my ordination. And so I've been doing this for 22 years. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> only by the grace of God, only by the grace of God. Um, so I've been doing this for 22 years, and I've been here. I've been here at GFCC this month for 12 years, and it's just been an incredible blessing to, to see the church grow uh, and 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 see the own, my own growth as a person, my own growth as a pastor. Um, I, I love, and I mean this with all sincerity, I love being your pastor. I, I love preaching, and I love teaching, and I love uh, visiting with you and getting to know you and spending time with you. I love being your pastor, and I am so proud to be the pastor of the Griffith First Christian Church because you guys are amazing. I mean, and, and I mean that in all sincerity. You guys are amazing. You're faithful in your attendance and worship. You're faithful in your volunteering. You're faithful in your giving. You are a great, great church. And you're, you really are. And, and don't let anybody ever tell you you're not because you are a great church family. And, and you know, this is... Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I'm just so grateful and so thankful to be here with you all. Um, one of the things, um, it, when pastors get together, when, when we talk shop, I, a lot of times, and, and we do, but a lot of times pastors will complain about their church. I don't complain about you. And it's not just because I love you, it, it's because I got nothing to complain about. You're a great church. A, a lot of time, pastors will complain that their church, you know, the people in my church, oh, they, you know, I can't get them to commit to anything. I can't get them to commit to coming to church. I don't say that. I, I can't get them to commit to, to volunteering. I, I don't say that because you guys volunteer in our ministries to a great degree. I, I, I can't get my church to give. You know, they, they don't want to give. They don't give consistently. They don't give generously. They don't give sacrificially. You know, I can't get them to give. And, and, and I don't complain about you guys giving because you're very generous and very consistent. And, very, and a lot of you give sacrificially. So I, I don't complain about you to my fellow pastors because I got nothing to complain about. And you're like, great, let's go home. <laughs> There's nothing more to talk about. Please don't talk about stewardship, Sean. <laughs> no. Well, it's because of your faithfulness and because of God's faithfulness that I got nothing to complain about. But I think we can always do better. And I think that there are challenges that we still need to offer. Uh, and we need to be reminded of certain things when it comes to our spiritual lives, when it comes to growing in faith. And, and so I do want to talk a little bit today uh, about stewardship. Now, and, and if this is your first time here, I, I don't want you to think that we talk about money a lot here because we don't. Uh, and some of you may have the, uh, the idea that, oh man, go to church and all they talk about is money. All they want is my money. No, we don't want your money. 
We want you to, uh, we want you to be thankful to God and to realize that God is the one who has blessed you and that he has an expectation for how we use the blessings he gives us. So as far as like, you know, we're not going to send you a bill. Or we're not going to ask for your tax returns. I mean, the pre- never mind. <laughs> I almost made a Trump joke. <laughs> he won't turn in his tax return. Oh, no. Shame. Bad. We're going to have to use last night's message on the... Oh, we can't. We lost power halfway through the sermon last night. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, folks. But, okay, we'll edit that part out. Um, so, um, <laughs> bad John. Bad John. So, I just lost half the audience. <laughs> the other half are like, yeah. The other half are like, you're not going to work here anymore. So, it's all good. It's all good. But, um, when it comes to stewardship, it, it's not a matter, it's not just a matter of dollars and cents. It's not a matter of the billfold or the pocketbook or the checkbook or the debit card. Stewardship is so much more, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look at two passages of Scripture. One, we're going to look at just a single verse to get the definition of a steward, and then we're going to look at a longer passage that Jesus taught in the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew is a gospel. Uh, a gospel is very simply a biography of Jesus, and this one was written by his good friend Matthew, one of his disciples. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, but we're going to look at that in just a second. Uh, if you brought a Bible, if you want to turn there now, Matthew 25, 14 through 30, you can do that. Uh, you can also grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 806 of that Bible, uh, or you can follow along on the GFCC app on your smartphone uh, by downloading, G, uh, go to your app store and search for GFCC and you can get our GFCC app and you can follow along with the sermon on the app and do a bunch of other stuff. Um, so um, in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10, uh, Peter talks about what a steward is um, and it says this in 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, that word stewards there, I've been teaching you Greek words along the way, and there's an ancient Greek word for stewards, uh, and it's the word oikonomos. And the word oikonomos literally means a, a manager of a household or household affairs or a steward. And so a steward is not an, an owner. The steward does not own the house, does not own the household. You know, the steward is the manager of the house or the household and its affairs. Okay, so this is kind of an important distinction that we're going to talk about uh, for the rest of this time, um, that as stewards of God's grace, we do not own anything. We'll talk about what that means when it comes to our possessions in a little bit, but it also means with our time, our talent, and our treasure. We talk about time, talent, and treasure a lot, but uh, with our time, talent, and treasure, we do not own any of those things. Everything that we have is a gift from God, okay? Everything we have in our lives is a gift from God, and we are called to be stewards of God's grace. Now, specifically in 1 Peter 4, he's talking about the gifts that we are given, but they're not physical or material gifts, they're spiritual gifts. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you believe in him, and you repent from sin, which means to turn away from sin and turn to God for forgiveness, when you confess your faith and acknowledge it by publicly uh, confessing him and being baptized, when you get baptized, God gives you a, uh, the Holy Spirit, fills you with the Holy Spirit, and he, and he gives you a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts Gifts like leading or uh, preaching or teaching or mercy or helping others, serving, volunteering, 
um, generosity. He gives us these gifts, and we are to be stewards of these gifts and use them in his kingdom to help people follow Jesus. That's what we do here. Uh, that's our mission at GFCC is helping people follow Jesus. Um, and you'll see it on the back of our shirts, you know, uh, whether it's a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, we, we put it on, on everything that we are here to help people follow Jesus. And so if you don't know Jesus yet, we want you to keep coming because we want to introduce you to Jesus and to help you understand the difference that he makes, not only for eternity and where you're going to spend forever, but we want you to understand how Jesus helps you here in this life. I, I love what Andy Stanley says. He says, uh, following Jesus makes life better because following Jesus makes you better at life. And I believe that. I believe that following Jesus can make your life so much better than if you're not following him. Uh, the hope that he gives, the peace that he gives, the joy that he gives, the salvation and the forgiveness that he offers, you know, the, the hope of eternity in heaven with him. Th this is what makes life better here on earth, knowing that we have these blessings that come from him, these spiritual blessings. And so Jesus makes all the difference. And, and we want you uh, to get to know him better. And so that's why we do what we do here at GFCC. We're all about helping people follow Jesus. And we do that in, in several different ways. We do that in serving and volunteering. We do that in worship. Uh, we do that in encouraging one another and holding each other accountable in our connection groups. And, and we, we are serious about this idea of helping people follow Jesus. And, and like I said, we do that here in our, in our sermons uh, on Sunday mornings. And just to kind of let you know where we're going in the future, uh, we're going to start a series in a couple weeks called Hashtag Blessed. And uh, we're going to talk about, you'll see that hashtag sometimes on, on Twitter or on Facebook. Somebody will say, hey, I got, a, I got a brand new car. I'm hashtag blessed. Or somebody will say, I got extra pickles on my, my hamburger at McDonald's. I'm hashtag blessed. You know, it, for everybody, it's something different. Um, I didn't get mustard on my, on my hamburger. Hashtag blessed. Um, but we're going to actually talk about what God says about true blessings. And what real blessings look like and what real blessings are. We're going to do a nine-week study of the Beatitudes. It's a, uh, the blessings that God gives to us uh, when we start following Jesus. So we're going to talk about that for nine weeks in, in June and July. And then in August, we're going to start a four-week series on relationships and those special relationships in our lives. Friendships, uh, married life, uh, parents and children. So we're going to talk about relationships in August. And then in September, we're going to start a series called How to Be Rich. And um, so, yeah, I know, right? Invite your friends. You know, hey, let's do that, right? It's probably not what you think. It's, it's probably not what you think. So, but we're going to do that in, in September. But for today, we're going to finish up this series we started about three weeks ago called This Is Us. And we've been talking about uh, uh, this diamond. We call GFCC a diamond. It's like a, it, like a four-faceted diamond. And we're going to talk about the facets of this, of this diamond and gem that we know as GFCC. And we've talked about three so far. We talked about um, worship and how we value worship as a church. And we saw that worship is not just an emotional response to a service or a song, but rather worship is an off-filled response to who God is and what God does. Uh, then we talked about discipleship. And how being a disciple uh, is not just learning facts and information about Jesus, but it is uh, discipleship. True discipleship is learning to look more like the master. And we look like the master Jesus when we love, serve, and forgive like Jesus did. When we love God and love people, when we serve people, and when we uh, forgive people like Jesus did, that's when we look most like the master. Last week we talked about fellowship 
And we talked about how fellowship, we talked about the Greek word koinonia, and koinonia is a word uh, that means partnership or community. Uh, the fellowship is more than a potluck or a party, but rather fellowship uh, is when we get together and we do life together and we, we share our lives with one another in, in deeper ways so that we have a family atmosphere here. We have a family of believers, not just a group of people who gets together uh, once a week for a show, because this is not a show. This is real life. And we do real life here at GFCC. Okay, so that's where we've been. Today we're talking about disciple, uh, stewardship. And this idea of a steward is someone who is a manager of a household or, or household affairs. Uh, a steward is an oikonomos. Uh, and that comes from the Greek word for house. Uh, so this idea of being a, house, uh, a household, a community. Uh, and, and as members of this community, as members of this family of faith, uh, we are called to be stewards of the things God has given to us. And this is also seen uh, in, a, in a story that Jesus told about a man who had three servants, and to each servant he gave some bags of gold. And that's found in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. And we're going to look at that real quick. So if you've got your Bible, get it ready, because here we go. Uh, Matthew 25, starting in verse 14 through 18. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Now pause right there. Each according to his ability. This is important. The master is smart. The master is wise and discerning, and he knows how the abilities of his servants. And so to one he gives five, to another he gives two, to another he gives one. Verse 16, the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now each of these bags of gold was worth about a million dollars, about somewhere between 800000 to a million dollars. So to one guy he gives like... Uh, $4 million to $5 million. To another, he gives about $1.6 to $2 million. To the other, he gives about seven dollars $800,000 worth of gold. This is a lot of money. I mean, if you could Im I mean, imagine, how many of you worked in a steel mill? I got some steel mill folks. All right, could you imagine if like the, the owner of your steel mill, all right, let's say like Mr. Middle from uh, Arsler Middle Steel Inland for all of the old school folks in the house. Um, so did uh, <laughs> work there for 35 years. It's what, yeah. But uh, so anyway, um, if Mr. Middle called you in and said, here's $5 million and, and I want you to invest this money and make money for me. Once you woke up after fainting, um, you'd be like, what am I going to do with $5 million? Well, that's what this guy does. He says, here's $5 million, here's $2 million, here's a million dollars. And I want you to invest this. And, and the first guy goes out and he invests it, doubles his money. The second guy goes out, invests it, doubles his money. The third guy goes and he buries it in the ground. Because he's afraid. He's full of fear of his master. And, and we see that here in just a second. Look at verses 19 through 23. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also came. 
Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And that, that phrase there, come and share your master's happiness, is an invitation to a banquet. It is an invitation to come and party with the master. No longer are they just servants, but now they are uh, able to dine and party and fellowship and share in the happiness of the master. Okay, they've been elevated because they were faithful. That's important. All right, keep going. Verse 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. And the, the third servant failed the master because the third servant was full of fear. He failed the master because he was full of fear. And he, he looked at the master and, and saw, man, this guy, he means business. And he was terrified of the master. And when it comes to stewardship, as followers of Jesus, we do not have to be terrified of the master. Our master is good. Our master is kind. Our master is forgiving. And there is no excuse for fear to keep us from investing our time, talent, and treasure in the kingdom of God. There's no room for fear. Because our master is greater. Our master is more powerful. Our master can do miracles. And he can take your gifts. And he can take your abilities and your time, your talent, your treasure, and he can take them and do amazing things with them. Don't be paralyzed by fear like the third servant was. And there's an accountability. We are held accountable. Look at verse 28 to 30. It says, take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have it in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There is an accountability that happens that when you are given gifts, that God holds us accountable for the gifts that he gives to us. So there's a couple things you've got to know. There's a couple things that you've got to learn about stewardship. Because it's not just a matter of dollars and cents. It's not just a matter of the pocketbook or the checkbook. It's not a matter of the debit card or the credit card. No, stewardship is much more. So the first step is you need to realize that you are the steward and not the owner. You don't own anything. Now, wait a minute. Well, are you saying I don't own my car? No, your bank probably does. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I don't own my house. I don't own my clothes. I don't own, no, 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 no. Everything you have was given to you by God. That everything you've got was given to you in one way or another by God. I went to work. Who got you the job? Who gave you the energy? Who gave you the food that fed your body that turned the, the food into energy to be able to go to work and earn the money that bought the car? Everything goes back to God. Everything goes back to the one who gave it to you. God is the one who's in charge. God is the one who blesses you. And he blesses you in three ways, with time, talent, and treasure. We'll talk about that in just a second. But you are not the owner of anything. You are the steward and as the steward, there is an accountability and an, uh, that is going to come into play at some point when you stand before your Lord, your Savior, your Maker, your Judge, 
When you stand before Jesus, you will be held accountable. We'll talk about that in just a second. So as stewards, we have a responsibility, and that is to decide how you will practice stewardship. You have to decide how you will practice stewardship. And the reason is, is stewardship has to be intentional. It cannot be an afterthought. Stewardship has to be intentional. It cannot be an afterthought. You've got to decide ahead of time, this is the kind of steward I'm going to be. You have to decide ahead of time, this is how I'm going to invest my time, talent, and treasure, and what I'm going to do with it. Because it is a gift from God, it is a blessing from God, and he has an expectation of how I'm going to use that. There's an accountability and an evaluation that will come in as to how we are investing our time, talent, and treasure. And so I have a real quick challenge for you for this summer. Okay, this is not going to be long term. It's just a uh, three-month summer challenge. I call it the 3T Summer Challenge. In the summertime, we tend to kind of let our faith kind of lax a little bit. You know, it's like, ah, it's kind of a nice day. I think we're going to go for a bike ride. We're going to go to the beach. You know, we're going to skip church maybe. And and the next thing you know, you've skipped church three weeks in a row. And it's like, ah, you know what? I really don't miss it that much. Now, I have a challenge for you. And the 3T Summer Challenge is about time, talent, and treasure. Just for the summer. Like I said, summertime is a time when some people kind of let their faith lax. I don't want you to do that this summer. So the first thing is your time. Uh, Commit to regular worship attendance this summer. And you're like, well, you know, like I said, the day might get nice. Might we go to the beach? You know, we have three services, folks. Three of them. On two different days. So if you have plans for Sunday, come on Saturday night. Oh, I don't know if I could ever come to church on a Saturday night. Let me tell you what, there's 150 people who do it every week. And you can do it too. The the building will not cave in if you walk in on a Saturday night. Trust me, all right? I see it happen every week. Not the building caving in, the building not caving in. It does not happen every week. But in all seriousness, we'd love to see you on a Saturday night. If you got plans for Sunday, say, you know what, we're going to go to church on Saturday night, kids. Or honey, we're going to go to church on Saturday night. It's the same service. It, it rocks just like the Sunday morning services do. Or, or let's say you've got plans on Saturday, and you're going to be out all day Saturday, and you're going to be out late Saturday night. Come to Sunday morning. Come 930. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, no. Come at 11. You're already here. You did it today. You can do it all summer, too. You know, we have options for you. Invest your time this summer in regular worship attendance. And it's not for our egos. It's not for our numbers. It has nothing to do with that. It's for the encouragement that you can receive and the encouragement that you can give to somebody else. Church is more than just a song. It's more than a service. It's more than just taking communion. It is encouraging one another in faith when we get together. There are people who, when you show up here, are excited to see you. There are some people who may not be as excited. I'm excited to see you, every single one of you. I'm excited. There may be some others who are like, oh, it's them. Ignore those people. Talk to me. I'm excited to see you. But in all seriousness, there are going to be people who, who need to see you next weekend or the weekend after. People who need to be encouraged by you. Or there are people that you need to see so that they can encourage you. That's what church is all about, is encouraging one another as a family. Okay? So, uh, we want you to um, commit to regular worship attendance this summer. Secondly, uh, your talent. Commit to serving in a ministry. For, for Just for the summer. 
All right, whether it's children's ministry, uh, student ministry, uh, whether it is worship ministry or outreach ministry, our outreach ministry does so much stuff in the summertime. And uh, for example, we have a booth over here at Central Park for uh, the Friday night market. We have a booth every Friday night, and we would love to, we need help. People to stand at the booth and be a friendly, smiling face and greet people and say, hey, you should come check out our church. We're right there across the street. We'd love to see you at Saturday night, 5.30, Sunday morning, 9.30 or 11. Come and check it out. So volunteer to serve in a ministry this summer. And, and just for three months, give it a shot. See what happens. See if your life is not transformed in a powerful way by serving God in a ministry. We'd love to see you serve in a ministry this summer. Invest your time in regular worship attendance. Invest your talent in serving in a ministry wherever God has gifted you for that. And then finally, invest your treasure by committing to generosity this summer. And, and we talk about generosity in three ways here at GFCC. And we talk about giving in three ways. And we don't talk about giving a lot. So like I said, if this is your first time here and you're thinking, man, all they talk about is money. We rarely talk about money. But, you know, you pick the right day to come. Um, but in, in all seriousness, when it comes to giving, you know, we talk about giving in three ways here. We talk about giving consistently. And, and that's just saying, you know what, I'm going to give on a regular basis. When I get paid, I'm going to put money in the offering plate or I'm going to give online. If you, have a if you have trouble giving consistently, we encourage you to sign up for online giving on our website uh, or, uh, or through the church app. If you've got the app, you can just click the give button and uh, you can give in less than 30 seconds. Uh, almost the, the same amount of time it takes you to go through your wallet and decide how much you're going to put in that offering plate. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Here. Five bucks. No. Um, in that same amount of time, you can click the give button on your app and uh, can give and sign up for recurring giving. It'll give every single week or every other week, however often you get paid. And that's what I do. I give online. And every single week, I get a, a Friday morning email. Friday is payday. And I get a, a, an email Friday morning that says, thanks for your gift, Sean. Uh, you're awesome, and um, yours doesn't say you're awesome. We need to fix that, because you're awesome. Um, but we talk about giving consistently, and so maybe that's your step that you need to take about just saying, you know what, I'm going to start giving consistently. When I get paid, I'm going to put money in the offering. Secondly, we talk about giving generously, and generous giving means different things for different people. For some people, that may mean a tie. That may mean 10%, or it may mean more than 10%, or it may mean just, you know what, instead of putting $5 in the offering plate, I'm going to put $10 in the offering plate from here on out. Or for instead of putting $10 in the offering plate, I'm going to put $20 in the offering plate. Or instead of putting $100 in the offering plate, I'm going to put $1,000 in the offering plate. Anybody? Can I get an amen? Thank you. I see that hand. We talk about giving generously because we want to be generous toward the one who's been so generous to us. Again, we don't own anything. Everything has been given to us and God has been generous and faithful to us. We need to be generous and faithful to him. And finally, we talk about giving sacrificially. And, and, and you're thinking, wait a minute, what kind of sacrifice could I make? How about instead of buying that $16 latte every day uh, at Starbucks? Is that what they cost now? I think $16 a piece. Um, but instead of buying that $16 latte, go to Grindhouse, get a $3 latte, and put that extra $13 toward a place like Oblong Children's Christian Home, you know, where you can uh, change the lives of children and just say, you know, I'm going to give sacrificially toward a ministry like Oblong so that uh, kids can hear about Jesus. Or I'm going to give, you know, that extra $13 a, a day from my latte uh, to GFCC so that we can do more with our ministry center and helping feed uh, the hungry and clothe those who need clothing. 
or I'm going to put it toward another area of outreach, or I'm going to put it toward missions, or I'm going to put it toward children's, or I'm going to put it toward Sean's vacation fund. <laughs> it's not a thing yet, uh, but we can, we can always try. Um, but I want to give consistently, generously, and sacrificially. Because God has been so consistent, generous toward me, and he was made the ultimate sacrifice when Jesus died for my sins. So we want to give consistently, generously, and sacrificially as we invest our, ta- our time, talent, and treasure this summer at GFCC. So, and, and again, it's just a three-month challenge. See what happens. Give it a shot. Say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this 3T summer challenge, and I'm going to commit to regular worship attendance. I'm going to commit to serving in a ministry this summer. I'm going to commit to generosity in my offerings this summer. And here's the thing. This is why it's so important, because how we use our time, talents, and treasures matters. How we use them matters. It matters to God, and it matters to those who are far from Him. Giving is not a matter of just an obligation, something that we just have to do. It's like, well, you know, Pastor Sean's going to be mad at me if I don't put money in the offering plate. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God and how God can partner with you to change lives. Think about how your life has been changed since you started coming to GFCC or since you put your faith and trust in Christ. Think about how God has changed your life. And I'm here to tell you, he wants to do it in someone else's life. And he's going to use you. He is going to use your time and your talent and your treasure to change someone else's life. The same way he used somebody else's time, talent, and treasure to change your life. It is a partnership with God. When we give of our time, talent, and treasure, it is a partnership with God to change lives for his glory. It matters. What you do matters. And here's the thing, all right? This is the last thing. We will be held accountable for how we steward God's gifts. All three guys, five, five bags of gold guy, two bags of gold guy, and one bag of gold guy were all called in to give an account for what they had been given. We will be held accountable by God for how we steward his gifts. What I want to hear is what the first two guys heard. And I hope you want to hear that too. That when you stand, before Jesus, when you stand before him, I pray that you will hear these words. Well done, good and faithful servant.